0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, a podcast that we release each week where we take a random subject, something in the news, something that interests us and we'll cast some views. I'm Lou and I'm with... Me, Dan. (laughs) Dan, how have you been? I've been all right. It was the Super Bowl yesterday.
1: It was the Super Bowl yesterday. Kansas City Chiefs, I believe, won. Yeah, I've literally just watched. Well, when I say I've watched it, I've watched five and a half hours of coverage in an hour and a half. So (laughs) the fast forward (laughs) button was used a lot.
0: Although I would say whilst the Super Bowl was yesterday, I think the majority of people that I've scene have actually been speaking about rihanna's halftime Super Bowl performance so i think is it the first time she's performed in like five years and now she's also pregnant yeah, which is yeah. a huge thing as well um i yeah. don't know we don't really do that at football i think in the champions league did we have like dua lipa perform one year and everybody <laughs> ripped the ever-loving shit out of her because they just thought we don't want this
1: <laughs> that's the thing i know the like say the World Cup, I know it is not necessarily a fair example, but the World Cup and and football tournaments often, or oh, sorry, English football tournaments get a lot of. Oh, sorry, I should say, the rest of the world football tournaments get a much bigger audience. But the Super Bowl, in terms of a spectacle, is just great. I love watching it.
0: Yeah, because I don't know if this is like just a standard thing, but they have like like military bombers and stuff that go over the stadium and that sort of thing beforehand. Yeah. Like it is a crazy <laughs> display of like patriotism and everything that comes along with it is is brilliant and then you like every celebrity in the world seems to be in that stadium as well
1: (laughs) Paul McCartney was there yeah yeah I saw him Cher was there what's his name uh Bradley Cooper Bradley Cooper I saw him uh, on camera yeah yeah. i tucking into something oh it was great though because there was like one there was a 50 yard pass for a touchdown and I've entered the competition at work I don't know when it gets announced but there were three questions it was who was going to win the toss who was going to get the first touchdown? So I got one of those right and wrong. I put the Eagles for both when I think it was the Chiefs that won the toss. And then it came down to the last question, which is going to be the decider, was um, what do you think the combined score will be? So I didn't know. So I went reached out to our podcast friends. And Josh Scar, if you're listening, you didn't steer me too bad at all. He gave me, I think he said 31-37, so I put down 68. And the actual total was seventy three. So that's
0: not bad at all. That's what is that one touchdown away? Because the touchdowns worth five points.
1: Just under, yeah, it's it's, it's six points for a touchdown. So it was, yeah, it was five, it was five points out. So Josh, if you're listening, if I win, I'm not going to send you because it's a voucher. I'm not going to cut up and give you part of a voucher. But thank you (laughs) for getting me that close. Okay.
0: I think it's funny as well because like everybody was talking and what I saw across like my social media platforms was what colour the fucking Gatorade was going to be that they dump on the winning coach. Seems to be like the yeah. biggest biggest betting thing each year for the Super Bowl when it rolls around now.
1: Well, that's something I, I need to talk to you about about a future episode. So we'll, we'll yeah, we'll next. keep
0: that one in the works. We might have to bleep this out like we did the previous <laughs> episode. Yeah,
1: yeah cause I'm, uh, well, if you heard last week, I'm loving sound effects now. So I'm all about the <laughs> sound effects. Actually, something I did forget to mention last week. It's quite funny that we're doing these episodes now, because even though I, I look at it as a contest, not a game show, but have you seen Gordon Ramsay's Next Level Chef yet?
0: Oh, no, I've not seen that.
1: Oh, my mum told me about this, so that's that's <laughs> the first time that she's put me on the programme. It's a cooking show, as you'd imagine. Three kitchens, top, middle and bottom, and the bottom one is got, like, broken utensils, and it's, dirt, you know, it's really basic. The middle kitchen is like a normal chef's kitchen, would be. And the top one has got all ultra state-of-the-art equipment. It was up till last week, teams. You'd have teams on each one. And there's uh, Ramsey, the woman who won the American version, and one of Ramsey's protégés. They mentor the group. And they have to cook within like 45 minutes a dish. But what it, what the twist is on this is that there's a platform that comes down and they've got 30 seconds to grab ingredients off that platform before right, it goes okay. down to the next one. So obviously at the top, you've got top pick and at the bottom, you're going to have the last pick oh, if you're yeah, in that bottom yeah, yeah. one. Yeah. But you think, oh, just grab everything, but you can't because what you grab, you have to use.
0: Right. Okay.
1: One episode of guy grabbed loads of stuff and he did the most random eclectic dishes (laughs) oh and then also at the end you've got 30 seconds to get your dish on the platform before it goes up and so a couple of people have missed it so yeah that's the latest game kind of thing i'm into but
0: i'd be making a trifle like rachel from friends i'd be like fuck it it can have peace Let's get into it. So, in a continuation of last week's episode, where we were talking about game shows, the ones that we remember, having a little bit of a reminisce, we would actually be continuing this week. Insert ding, 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 ding from Dan. <laughs> in post.
1: Well, it's not so much a ding, 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 but our thinking. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yes, yes. So, cue Jingle. Game shows with Dan and Loos.
0: What you gonna do, what you gonna do? Game shows with Dan and On Casting so game shows, I know that we ended last week's episode with me saying that me and you were probably going to fall out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to kick it off from the beginning because it's probably going to lead into a subject that you might have a little bit about. However, have you got the fact stuff first before I decide to piss you off? Because you might not want to talk about it afterwards. <laughs> <The fact> <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> now, all, all I've got fact wise in terms of an issue was
1: that actually game shows started in the 1930s. Wow. The first game show was 1938 called Spelling Bee.
0: They must have been on the radio then.
1: Well, the first television game show was Spelling Bee as well as the first radio game show Information Please, both broadcast in 1938. Oh, wow. Yeah, the first major success in the game show genre was Dr. IQ, a radio quiz show that began in, began in 1939. Uh, Truth or Consequences was the first game show to air on commercially licensed TV. And then afterwards, that's when kind of all kicked off from there on, game shows really gained in popularity. So yeah, so the humble game show is coming up to being 100 years old soon.
0: Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because you think of game shows as, I guess, when I say relatively modern, we know that they're about from like the 70s in terms of like the big ones that we know, but it kind of feels like a relatively modern invention. But then in the last episode, I guess we completely missed the whole radio game show thing.
1: Yeah, I guess because I've never really followed that as such. It's mainly well, been about two on... weeks.
0: On the radio stations and stuff, like they literally will give away like £30,000. So there's a million pound giveaway and I believe it's on Heart FM oh, at yes. the minute.
1: Yeah, And that's yeah, where yeah.
0: like an artist will play. And if you ring in and like tell us the name of the artist or the name of the song, or I don't know, something like that, or or you, you ring in at the right time when this artist plays, you get an opportunity to either have like a random spin at an amount of money or something, or you can get put in the pot for a £1 million price. So I think currently... As of today, there's six people in the draw for a million pounds. But obviously, nice. the more people that decide to go for the million pounds, the worse everybody's odds get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. if you get there and you 18 people are in it and you get offered like – 8,000 pounds you might just take your 8,000 pounds because you like I'm 8,000 pounds better off than I was before but yeah we kind of missed that whole whole shot maybe we of should
1: do show. at some point the evolution of the radio from when it was possibly just a shipping forecast to now where you're winning a million
0: pounds yeah where, where it was transatlantic uh accents <laughs> properly actually just giving you news versus now where it's just like play Adele but listen out for Adele and win 30,000 pounds
1: <laughs> actually and there was do you know what You reminded me, there was one show before we get into the the real punch of this episode. There was a game show I completely forgot to mention last week. Did you ever hear one called Krypton Factor? Yes. That was a great show because it involved the brains and the brawn.
0: Yeah. Do
1: you remember that? So there was like three or four rounds of using the intellect. So there would be like a visual round where sometimes they'd watch a video and have to remember 10 facts from it. There'd be a physical thing where they'd have to put like a almost like a 3D jigsaw together. In later series, there was ones with like a flight simulator, a real the British Airways flight simulator. They'd have to land like a Boeing 737 and they'd get points based on how they did that. But it always finished with an assault course,
0: yeah, which yeah.
1: I found really bizarre. The thing that stands out, the reason why I also wanted to mention, we talked about gladiators and injuries, but there was, I think there was a female contestant that she once finished it with a broken ankle. I think she broke her ankle during it carried on Jesus. and finished it so you know and that's in a game show like a one we're using for the first like three quarters it's all about questions and intellect and then it goes into a sort course with zip wire everything <laughs> they it's like a, it was like a military one climbing under and there, running through muddy bog and jo- oh my word, yeah great loved it, <laughs> loved it right we want to dig a bit more into game shows this week didn't we
0: well what i'm going to do then is i think i'm going to start off with my controversial opinion on a game show and it will lead into something that you're going to bring up and talk about because i know you've got some examples of it actually being proven so the chase one of my favorite game shows at the moment yeah now dan really likes The chase evidently i don't mind the chase i don't mind the you know you you need to be knowledgeable okay game shows absolutely fine however I've got a controversial opinion and I hope, I hope, can I just say these are my views only and not Dan's. So if you're going to sue anyone, (laughs) ITV, um, just sue me. (laughs) Here we go. How much editing am I going to have to do this week? (laughs) So I have a genuine belief that the chase is favoured towards the, I'm going to say favoured, I'm not going to use the word beginning in R and ending in (laughs) Igd. I believe that the chase is heavily favoured towards the chasers so hear me out hear me out in terms of the way that the game show runs that's fine you know contestants get a one position head start or a no position head start depending on what amount of money they take don't have a problem with that concept absolutely fine what i do have a problem with is you know when we get down to the final chase and they say would you like set of questions a or set of questions b contestants will go set of questions a set of questions a will then be like what is the Mathematical equation for the speed of the fucking universe, or some. How many shit stars like that. are there in the
1: Milky Way? Yeah,
0: yeah. And then they'll be sat there like oh, I don't know, fucking E equals MC Just Someone will have a fucking random go at it, right? Then, yeah. right, they'll get all of these questions. it will be like, "What 11th century king decapitated this person at this time of day, and and what was the weather on that day?" Right. Then the chasers will get their set of questions afterwards to catch up with the contestants. And that'll be like, um, what colour is a diamond in a deck of cards? What's two plus two? Yeah, what's two plus two? Uh, The sky is what colour, green or red? Like, what the fuck are we actually doing? And if you watch it, it's got such a consistent theme to the point where I now no longer watch the chase because I think the contestants are genuinely getting stiff. Because I know there's like, oh, it's independent adjudicators and all of that bollocks. We don't see any of that. We don't know. You don't see them select like an envelope
1: with the questions in. No, this is what I mean. yeah, Yeah. And if
0: they turned around and came out with an envelope that Bradley Walsh had and they said, would you like envelope A or envelope B? It's got 35 questions in it each. Which one would you want? I'd be fine with that. But we don't see any of that. And it's so consistent that the contestants get such difficult questions and the chasers are just getting asked like, what color are are traffic cones like what on earth i i've I've never i've never liked it and as a result i've genuinely stopped watching it for that reason well the good news is we're not going to fall out because (laughs) the bad news is i agree with you
1: on (laughs) uh, on that even though it's my favorite now Firstly, hold on. Josh Wilson and Antonio from Cultworthy, Antonio Plus, just stand down. Me and Lou aren't splitting up tonight, it seems. So (laughs) I I had lined up a couple of replacement hosts just in case. So You can stand down for now. No, I no. Do you know what? I agree with you. I'm not going to say either what you didn't want to say. That could it be favoured, you know, in a planned way. But yeah, a, a lot of the times, yeah, the questions the chaser gets are so much simpler now. For anyone who hasn't seen it, basically you get four people at the start. They get a minute to answer as many questions as they can to win that. Amount. Each question is a thousand pounds. Then they go up against the chaser who they are professional quizzes, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately they've all got other jobs, but they are ultimately they've spent years and years quizzing. And then at the end, if whoever's left in the money gets pulled in and they go up against the chaser again, one final time. Now, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. The it, The amount of times it seems like the answers just seem to be so simple for the, the chaser. Now, what I would say, the reason I like it so much, though, is I'm not sure if, if you cast your mind back to last week's episode, is I just don't like any more shows that are boring in sense of dragging things out. And what I like about the chase, it is just question after question. It is quite quick fire. And that's what I like about it. That's what appeals yeah. to me. And also the bit where you can get annoyed at, depends... Kind of mind you, I often like it when the contestants take a minus figure to take money out of the pot. Most infuriating I love that.
0: thing in the world. Oh my god! Oh, it's brilliant. If I sit was on there laughing. Show, <laughs> if I was on that show and you took less money and you survived and came back, I'm having a fight with you like on site, on the show live. There's no way you've just taken money from me. That's that's what it like. You, know, it should be illegal. It should, It's so morally abhorrent. Like we should be putting these people on the front of the paper as public enemy number one when they take the less <laughs> offer.
1: Well, they often are, though, thanks to social media now. To, oh, rightly so.
0: Rightly so. What no, are we I love
1: about? it. I love it. I'm sitting there laughing every time it happens. Um,
0: but also, but- with the chase, then, do you ever feel like you turn around and there's a question and the chase is just like immediately the answer? And you're like, there's no fucking way you actually knew the answer to that. Like, surely not. Are there ever questions where you think that that is taking the utter piss? Because I know that there are some that are much better than the others. But yeah, sometimes yeah. I'm sat there like, no chance. There's no
1: way. There's no way. I often think because they do have, like there's one like Beast who is probably one of the best ones. There is a specific type of question that's his weakness. And to me, it would be like one of the simplest things. I don't know. It might be like pop music of the 90s or something. Yeah. But no, I never think that. But I do think how often is it that it's where, where they can they can go a whole round without getting one wrong. And it's like, I'm sorry, but getting 19 or 20 questions that, in a row without getting one wrong even without like the pressure you know because you think the time pressure might get to them but they don't they just often reel out like these long runs of answers and that I find yeah hard to believe in that instance but I think is it because there are questions that are potentially slightly easier let's say that
0: yeah yeah that's that's always the thing that I've maintained But yeah, that's why I've always had the problem with the chase. And as a result, I've actually never gone back to watch it because I feel like no other game show has that level of suspicion about it. Like the chase does in my mind, like you don't really get it with who wants to be a millionaire in terms of it being like heavily favoured against a contestant. You don't really get it in anything else. Like, Deal or No Deal was the most obnoxious TV show in the world, but it was just chance. So whether or not that yeah. that penny or whatever it was was in the contestant's box or out in the field, they always had the opportunity at the end to swap it anyway. So ultimately, it was literally just like you had a 1 in 24 chance of winning 250 grand. And again, like, The Chase is the only programme I've ever had this feeling with that's a game show. I'm just like, this is just not right. I can just, it's just not well, right. Have
1: you seen the conspiracy TikTok videos about Tipping Point? Oh, no, I haven't, actually. We mentioned Tipping Point. I don't want to go necessarily too much over it, but Tipping Point is one we mentioned, which is based on the, the push penny game. And have you not seen the ones where the, the counters move and people are saying there's magnets underneath moving them into either better or worse <laughs> yeah, yeah, position? Yeah. Have you seen that? I actually did, yeah, but to I say, saw this a while it. ago.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've seen them move, so I'm, I'm believing. But, but should we be surprised? Because the machines in real life are fucking rigged. <laughs> so are we surprised that the game show has done the same thing? All they're doing is being true to life? I <laughs> Well, you kind
1: of segued into a couple of things I've got, and I just wonder where your conversation goes. So I've got scandals and some stuff on prize money. So which route do you want to go first?
0: I tell you what, let's talk about scandals, because I can already imagine... There's definitely one that was huge in the UK.
1: Yeah, we've spoken about that one. So I don't want to go on about that one too much. But yeah, number one for us would be the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire coughing one. So do you want to highlight that in a couple of minutes just for anyone who may be joining us for the first time? And if so, go back to listen to all the other episodes after this one.
0: Yes, yeah, to see if you can find our original take on this. So, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire is obviously a show that runs in the UK and in the United States. You answer questions all the way up until you win a million pounds and the prizes increase intermittently. So there's a particular contestant and he was like a major in the army, wasn't he, in the British Army? He was, yeah. Yeah. Because I remember Ingram the documentary it? on it. Sounds yeah, yeah. It was was it Charles Ingram? That's it. Yeah, it is. Um, And he was a British army because I remember the documentary on this was called Major Fraud, which I thought was brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) And basically he won a million pounds on Who Wants to be a Millionaire? Chris Tarrant, who was the host at the time, said that he just thought he was outstandingly intelligent. He said he answered the questions with confidence and he suspected absolutely nothing wrong. It wasn't until some of the producers at the back had decided that they thought something was a little bit funny. They went back to listen to the recordings of the TV show and found that when Chris Tarrant was reading off the correct answers, so he would read off the four choices, when the correct answer was read, it would be followed by a cough coming from the crowd. It was faint. You couldn't see it a like, lot. Yeah, it literally was like a, <clears throat> right, like that. It was. Um, And they basically found that it was actually um, Charles Ingram's wife and one of the other contestants who were giving him clues as to what the correct answer was. It actually went to court. It was a proper criminal case because it was fraud of a million pounds, essentially. Um, They obviously never paid out on it in the end, and he was found guilty, although he still, to this day, I think maintains his innocence. Uh, But yeah, it was a huge scandal at the time. He was in the papers everywhere, wasn't he? He was doing interviews. But when you watch it back they've actually made the coughs a little bit louder so you can hear them in the tape. And it is so blatantly obvious what they're doing I now. I think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because yeah. it was after every
1: answer. It wasn't like they, she was coughing throughout or, or the other person as well, because there were two of them coughing, yeah. weren't there? Yeah. It's not like they were coughing at any random point. It was just after an answer. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, literally. And do you know what's kind of funny as well? Oh, I'm sorry, like, clever though. I think clever. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was actually very clever. But do you know what? I just think to myself, why didn't they just, why didn't the wife just get in the fucking chair? and apply for the show well exactly (laughs) or or as we said
1: i think we said in the other episode why didn't they just stop at like Hundred and twenty five thousand.
0: Yeah, you honestly, if they'd have done just enough, that, even if they'd have yeah. stopped at halfway, the question before a million at five hundred thousand is it five hundred thousand pounds, I think. Um, if they'd have stopped yeah. at the question before, no one would have suspected a thing. Because they would have turned around and said, Oh, he just wasn't brave enough to go for the million. He probably should have. We would have loved to have seen him go for it. Nobody would have suspected a thing, but they got fucking greedy. And as a result, yeah. they got caught. Deservedly so. Actually talking about who wants to be a millionaire.
1: Have you seen that one in America where the guy is on the million dollar answer, the last answer, and they go, you you know, I want to use my lifeline. He goes, I want to call a friend. And he calls his his dad to say, dad, I'm going to win a million bucks or something. (laughs) I think that's brilliant. I love that.
0: I think that's just such a great bit of TV. Can I just say, that is the most baller shit I've ever seen someone <laughs> do. Like, he literally just sits there, he rings his dad, and he's just like, Dad, um, I actually don't need your help. I'm, I'm just going to tell you that I'm here to win a million dollars. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like, that is absolutely sick.
1: But can you um, imagine the fun you could have with that? Yeah, can you call uh, my credit card up for me, please? Yeah, I'm finally going to be able to pay off my debt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, call up uh, your local football team. Yep, I'm buying you or something like that. The the, <laughs> the fun you could have with specific phone calls in in that line. Your, your ex, do you remember when you dumped me last week? <laughs> Tune in on TV next week, alright? <laughs> Sucks for you. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. So
1: over here, that was huge, and it's still got kind of. It is still quite impossible pop culture now isn't it that yeah that it's one. a little really? bit
0: of like a cult yeah. thing I guess now isn't it Um yeah whenever I you th- look
1: at most shocking moments in tv and stuff, yeah and it's always in one there. of them
0: isn't it yeah. although I would say that Jeremy Clarkson's fuck up where they turn around because now they've got a lifeline on the show where you can ask the host and obviously the host of the show is now Jeremy Clarkson or I don't know if he's been sacked as a result of like recent scandals but he could ask the host and Jeremy Clarkson got asked to the, 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 asked the question the guy had other lifelines as well and Jeremy Clarkson answered it. I think it was about animals. So I think he answered deer or something like that with such confidence. Like Jeremy Clarkson said it with such, I am getting this right. And he turned around and it was wrong. And he's knocked the contestant out with his answer. I just thought that is so shit. I was just like, that is awful. See, that you could say could be open for fixing. Well, this is the thing. I just think to myself, I'm like, so you've got the host of a show who's being paid by the producers and the programmers and then they're actively allowed to influence the outcome of the game show. It's a little bit suspicious. I I feel like it's a little bit of a silly move to do that. But, you know.
1: My thing of any game show has always been, say, for example, the final one. You can't do it on every game show because some you just can't. I won't say you can't fix. The opportunity to be able to influence the game, should we say, isn't there in every type of game show but yeah. you do wonder it's like have they got to a point where they've paid out too much money in a six-month period so they don't want to pay it out for a little bit haven't they paid out for three months so maybe they think we should otherwise people aren't going to watch if nobody ever wins yeah yeah do you know what i've got a couple of scandals that involve murder
0: oh wow right
1: but you'll find out after this break
0: In a world with so many movies to choose from, one hero will rise. The Movie Wire Podcast, with host Justin Hansen. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. It's me, Josh Scar, from Talking Smack, and you're listening to Casting Views with Dan and Lou.
1: Yeah, so I teased before the commercial break, uh, scandals involving murder. So I've got two game shows, one over here and one over in the States, right? And of all shows, the one here was Bullseye. No way. Yeah, it featured a murderer. Four years after murdering a pair of siblings, John Cooper boldly appeared on an episode of Bullseye. The Twisted Killer had callously taken the lives of Richard and Helen Thomas in the winter of 1985. Having escaped the law for the time being, he carried on living his normal life. That involved appearing on a huge national game show on commercial television in the UK when we only had four channels as well. So it's not like we had (laughs) 200 channels then. So he basically, Jim Bowen asked him about his unusual hobby to which he replied scuba diving on the coastline. We've got deep water where you can swim over mountains and all sorts of things. While the discussion about the great outdoors and details of West Wales countryside seemed innocuous enough at the time, it would later be used to implicate him in another double murder. Basically, what I want to do, I want to I want to scoot over because we've got some grisly details about the murder. Despite years of hard work from detectives, the murders remained unsolved for decades and cast a shadow over the work of the Diffid Powers Police Force. However, in 2006, newly promoted detective superintendent Steve Wilkins decided to reopen the case. He was then, using pioneering forensics, was able to link a couple of the murders and fibres found to burglaries committed in the 80s and 90s. They knew Cooper... Who the murderer who was behind bars at the time for a string of violent burglaries could be behind the chilling crimes but just needed more evidence to bring him to justice the most astonishing discovery they made through background checks was that Cooper had appeared on Bullseye and it confirmed their darkest series so basically what they did the detective then watched the game show realized it was him and what they then did was freeze it in exactly the right position where they compared it to the artist's impression at the time no and way. that's how they banged him up to those murders
0: yeah wow yeah. that is unbelievable yeah. but also can i just say on his part like why the fuck you know would you go on a tv show
1: do you know what i mean it's like it goes back to do you remember we said in one of the episodes where you brought up the lady you cheated on the marathon in was it in boston and she's talking to the passengers while she's wearing the thing you'd think he'd keep a low profile not appear on at the time one of the biggest game shows
0: yeah and also can i just say what a publicity run for bullseye we helped catch a killer (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) that's the way that i'd be running it
1: (laughs) The, the thing is as well it's like i remember seeing the episode or clips of it and you just see him nonchalantly calmly laughing giggling away playing the game and it's like the guy's killed four people by that point
0: yeah yeah it is weird though isn't it because i guess it's like traditionally we've always seen like the profile with killers is sometimes they want to get like out and pretend to be as normal as humanly possible and like project that image how can this random guy on a game show who's turning around and laughing and giggling ever be a murderer and i don't know if that's what gets people in the end because they just decide not to live normal lives because he probably would have if he hadn't have murdered anyone he probably would have never ended up on the show like (laughs) yeah yeah maybe but I, i think that's pretty can you imagine the fact that He was just watching
1: Bullseye. I think it's
0: him. It's just so fortunate that he enjoyed the show, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a second killing one. This is a serial killer who was on the dating game in America. So I assume the dating game was probably like blind date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born in Texas, raised in Mexico and California. Rodney Alcala was on the FBI's most wanted list by the age of 20. After he was apprehended for victimising young girls at an arts camp during his 70s, Alcala spent time in jail and had to register as a sex offender after his release. This didn't prevent him from appearing on The Dating Game. As Bachelor number one on an episode of the show in 1978, Alcala responded to the female contestant's question about what kind of meal he'd be. He said, I'm called the Banana, and I look really good. Pill me. Which just feels really creepy anyway. A little
0: bit weird, yeah, even without him being a killer. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Contestant Cheryl Bradshaw had been told Alcala was a photographer, Like what she heard. He won the date with her, but according to Bradshaw, they never went out. What neither Bradshaw nor anyone on the show knew was by the time he appeared on the show, he'd already killed at least two people. Alcala wasn't detained for this misdeeds until 1980, after he'd slain a 12-year-old. Later offences were connected to him, and after he was tried in 2010, he received capital punishment. Authorities remain unclear as to how many people he terminated with numbers ranging from fifty to one hundred and thirty, yeah. So how lucky was she potentially not to have actually gone on that date? Who knows? That one's
0: crazy as well because you can genuinely watch the footage of this show online. Can you? Can't you? Have you seen it? No, I haven't actually. No. Yeah, honestly, go online and have a look at it because you think to yourself, and for, I don't. Maybe it's like the psychological thing of being led, knowing that he's then a murderer. But there is something off about him, so I can understand yeah. why she wouldn't have gone on it. Potential. I mean, and how didn't they,
1: mind you, if he wasn't detained, but you'd still think you'd have to declare that. But maybe in the 70s, I don't know, maybe the record, you didn't have to declare it. I don't know, in the States as well, like here, you'd have a record and you'd have to declare it, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I would imagine so. But then again, yeah, it's back at a time where, you know, probably the safeguarding things weren't about in reality. Like we probably did maybe. anything on TV because the law and the regulation just wasn't there, unfortunately. Maybe.
1: So I've got just two more scandals then i had some funny things as well which will if we've got time to we'll go on to this is one somebody in our group talks talk to me about this one saying it's their favorite there's a show called pressure luck in america yeah and i think it is about pushing a button and it landing on a certain thing but a man uses a vcr to cheat okay a very jolly looking michael larson appeared on us game show pressure luck in 1984 winning an equivalent of two hundred fifty-four thousand dollars in cash and prizes Sorry, that was uh, the 254000 was adjusted for inflation in 2016. This was the largest one-day total ever won on a game show at the time. To do this, he simply memorised the patterns that came up on the show's game board. Before appearing on the show, he recorded episodes and noticed that the randomizer that moved the light indicator around the 18 square board followed five patterns. As he got the patterns down, he began playing along at home by pausing the tape at various intervals with his VCR remote control. He also realised that the fourth and eighth squares almost always contained cash and never had a whammy where you'd lose all your money. (laughs) Also, square four always had the top dollar values in it, and in the second round, both squares rewarded contestants with an additional spin if they were hit. This meant he could keep control of the board for as long as he liked. And technically, he wasn't cheating. He was allowed to keep his winnings. However, Palmer came after him. He ended up investing all his money in another get-rich-quick scheme, In November of the same year, he learned about a local radio show promising a $30,000 prize for matching a dollar bill serial number with a random number read out in the air. Up to the challenge, he withdrew his remaining winnings in $1 bills, examined each one, and soon realised he wasn't going to win and redeposited them all. However, the $50,000 he had remaining in his house was stolen in a burglary while he was at a Christmas party and was never recovered. And by the mid-90s, he was involved in an illegal scheme to sell part of a foreign lottery and went on the run. His whereabouts weren't known until his death in 99.
0: Can I just say, is he really cheating?
1: Well, no. I mean, that's that's why they let him keep it. I mean, I guess it's unethical, but I think he's just been clever.
0: No, it's a little bit like, okay, there's a glitch in Call of Duty. Yeah, you exploit the glitch, and it's Call of Duty's responsibility to turn around and stop that from happening. That's all he's done. He's just exploited a glitch in the system, and it, I just say, yeah, I, I don't really even think he's a particularly well. He's immoral afterwards, but probably because he's had fifty thousand fucking dollars stolen from him. I'd be immoral if somebody stole that much money from me. I guess it's the it's got an
1: air of cheating around it, but it's not. If the game obviously isn't random, and you've learnt it. But then I guess he's card counting cheating, no, but yeah, the casinos frown upon it,
0: yeah, yeah, this is true, this is true, but again, only because it costs the money because it's an exploit to the game isn't it, so this is yeah, what the problem yeah. is you can't you can 't turn around and punish someone for being able, for being better at the game than somebody else, like basically, the reason like twenty one that like casinos don 't like card counters is because they 're not dumb punters that will just come and slam 500 quid and lose 3000 pounds in two minutes. This is what the problem is. So again, yeah, I don't really see anything wrong with that. And do you know what's really funny is I reckon it was the original game show that set up the radio station competition to make him withdraw the money to then have it stolen from his house. (laughs) I reckon it went full circle.
1: (laughs) I just love the fact that he was so desperate to win that 30 grand or whatever it was. He took all his money out in dollar bills to look at
0: it. <laughs> I just do wonder, like at what point do you reckon he gave up? Do you reckon he got through like fifteen thousand dollars worth and then was just like oh fuck this, I'm never gonna win.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that takes some dedication right there, doesn't it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that one's actually pretty good. But I feel I feel a little bit bad for the person. I feel a little bit bad for him to be fair.
1: Yeah, but like I said, they did let him keep it to be fair. It's just he, he lost it very quickly. Um I've got one here, a couple lose all their money on the million money. The million-dollar money drop, despite having the right answer.
0: Right, I had this as well. This is the American version, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So, is is this the answer that was correct, and then they lost like what eight hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's the same one. So they got asked a question. Um, on the million pound drop now for anyone that doesn't know what the million pound drop is you might not have seen it before in the UK it's now the 100k drop but we'll get on to that because that's something that winds yeah. me up um, <laughs> so the million pound drop is basically you 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 have multiple choice questions and you have one million pounds split into I think 25,000 pound stacks and what you do is you can split your money across the questions, but any incorrect answer is dropped. So there's only one correct answer per round. So you can put all of your money on the correct answer if you know it's correct. And then if you're kind of unsure, you can split your money between two. So there was a couple on there and they had $800,000. Was it left? I think they had $800,000 left yeah, um, yeah, on a question. And the question they, they got asked was on inventions. And the question was, what, which of these products was produced and sold first? The Macintosh Computers, Sony Walkmans or Post-it Notes. Now, if I was asking you that question, what would you have said?
1: The Macintosh Computers, Sony Walkman, and Post-it Notes. I I probably would have said, I probably might have actually said the Macintosh.
0: Really? I, I actually think, th- think I would have said Post-it Notes only because it's like office stationery that was probably around for like 80 years in reality. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I just yeah. feel like it's something that would have been a brand for ages and we've just always known it. So they put their money on Post-it Notes. And the game show dropped their $800,000, telling them that the answer was incorrect. However, the answer wasn't incorrect. They were right. It was post-it notes. Yeah. And they lost their money on the show, went away, obviously didn't win anything. When it was found out, that obviously, they were correct. People, they were rightly very angry, because <laughs> I would be as well. And rather than though pay out the money, the show asked them to come back and go on the show again. However, because the show that was then pulled later on, they never got the opportunity to go back and never won any of the cash, which I think is it's horrific. Heartbreaking. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. It it's honestly yeah. takes the piss. I can't tell you how angry I would be with the producers of that show they should have been given
1: like maybe 800 grand or at least like give them a, a token like 200 grand or something yeah this
0: is what i mean but also i just think to myself like surely that's surely that has to be illegal like with the way that game shows are protected to stop against cheaters and the fact that you can literally mm-hmm. go to prison for cheating on a game show right to me is mental in the fact that the game show can then turn around and say oopsie we made a mistake uh sorry but you're not getting anything that is ridiculous in my mind but yeah, it would have been absolutely livid.
1: Yeah, because they didn't lose it. You know that—that's the thing. And it's—it's it's, it's a double whammy of then, yeah, the show being cancelled. So it's harsh to know what to do in that situation. But you—you'd you, think they should have been offered a
0: sum of money yeah literally it's just a settlement to turn around and say right sorry we fucked up we fucked up really big but there's no guarantee because I, I don't actually know what question it was on because obviously there's multiple questions so you progressively lose more and more money as the show goes on but but yeah there definitely should have been a settlement with that one and i don't know they must have consulted solicitors um <laughs> yes, i definitely would have went off afterwards as well <laughs> probably pepsi solicitors have you got yeah <laughs> have you got any more scandals No, I haven't. I haven't got any more scandals. So if you've got any, let's hear them. Right. No, I just want to lead into the point because this will lead on to then what you're saying and you're going to talk about next. So prize money. So the million pound drop, right, was called the million pound drop, wasn't it? It was originally called the million pound drop in the United Kingdom. Now, I don't know for a fact what the actual state of affairs is with modern game shows and prize money. I am of the opinion that prize money in game shows, relative to what like people make and what is a large sum of money nowadays versus what it was 40 years ago, has actually got much shitter. So the million pound drop started originally as the million pound drop. And then after like two years or one, I don't, even, I don't think it's even on television anymore now, it, started, it dropped to be the 100k drop. So what they did is they lowered the amounts of um, money. So it went from like 25 or 50,000 pound stacks to like 5,000 pound stacks or something like that. And they were giving away then 10% of the money that they did when the show originally aired. Evidently because the show wasn't profitable because there were probably people walking away every week with a quarter of a million pounds. And how often can you give away a quarter of a million pounds if you've got three contestants on every night? But. I think that the 100,000 pounds, you know that, okay, if the average contestant walks away with 100,000 pounds, the average prize pool for this one is just got to be 25. And so it just feels like prize money is getting worse and worse. I talked about this about deal or no deal a little bit in the last episode where you could potentially win 250,000 pounds for literally doing fuck all. Like you didn't even need to be intelligent. You didn't need to be anything. You could just be lucky, right? And obviously deal or no deal isn't a thing anymore. On the chase, you need to be... The brain of Britain, a combination of of, of fucking Albert Einstein and Nikola Tesla, right, in order to to win £80,000 only to get stuffed because the chasers decide to uh, answer questions that are, what colour is the sky? So I just feel in the grand scheme of things, prize money is getting worse. And tipping point is the worst one. It's like every token that you win is £50. And at the end, they're like, oh, we're competing for a grand total of £3,000. What a life-changing – and I know it might be life-changing for a, a group of people. But in comparison to what we've seen on TV before, it's genuinely piss poor. To be well, what i'll say about tipping point is you well you've still got to beat three other
1: people but you're more likely to walk away with a few thousand pounds that's the only thing about the chase is if you are the lucky one to get through you will always walk away with some money now regarding the chase actually that is the high. the, the chase is actually the show with the highest average winnings so that stands at twenty-one thousand nine hundred twenty-four pounds it offers prizes more than double those typically handed out on Eggheads, which is I don't know if you've ever seen that. That's on BBC yeah, Two, yeah. Actually, which is uh, nine thousand three hundred and sixty-four, which is the second most generous show. So I think it goes back to what I was saying last week: is that yeah, it's difficult to do it, but I think if you can win it, you get the bigger money, and that's where it is. I think a lot of the others. So for example, the Eggheads, which again, why would you go on that? Because you're going against winners of previous game shows, right? So I think it is like the woman who won the million pounds on Who Wants to be a Millionaire. Yeah. yeah. It's got a mastermind winner on it. Like I'm not yeah. going up against him. Yeah. For your best chance of taking home money, apply for Lingo, which I've not seen. Oh, I think I have. Isn't that Wordle? Oh on... Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think you're I right. I think yeah. it is
1: like Wordle. Contestants win money on 94% of its shows, just ahead of tipping point at 93%. Eggheads is the hardest programme to win with just nine percent but pointless, which we discussed last week, has the lowest average winnings of £2,825.
0: So it's also a fucking yeah. pointless TV show then? <laughs> the TV <laughs> yeah. game show then?
1: <laughs> yeah. When you account for the number of contestants, tipping point becomes a far more attractive option. With only one winner per show, successful players claim all the prize money, which averages at 4172 The chase still tops the chart though, as despite its prize being split between the three players, each individually takes away 7000 the biggest winner, I think and that's the biggest win here in a single show, was a twenty year old who was on his own, which is quite amazing. But he was up against the new one. Do you remember they introduced the new one? Dara Ennis? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He was actually yeah. a contestant, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, in twenty twenty one. Despite being alone in the final chase, the youngster answered eighteen questions to take home seventy five thousand pounds. Wow,
0: that's a decent sum of
1: money. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's an interesting point what you said about prize money in general. I didn't realise the million pound drop because I think I spoke to you after the last week to so say, yeah, the mid, like the million pound drop to prove my point. You said, yeah, but it's actually the 100K drop now. Yeah, now and, uh. this is
0: what I mean. And, and do you know what it is as well? I actually can't remember now. Do you know who wants to be a millionaire? What are the prize bands? How do they start? So I've actually, actually, I've got the Chris 100, one 100,
1: 200, 500,
0: 1,000. I then feel like it's sixteen thirty two. All right, here we go. So it goes 100, 200, 300, 500, 1,000, 2,000, 4,000, 8,000, 16,000, 32,000. I actually think it's slightly different now with the new format with Jeremy Clarkson, but it's the same number of questions and it's there there thereabouts the same. Nine questions. You, you should be able to answer probably the first six questions of who wants to be a millionaire without a lifeline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You've then got four lifelines now, which can take you to question 10, which is £32,000, and you can just walk away with the money. I think the problem that I have is that, yes, I know it's probably much harder in real life, but you can answer 10 questions on who wants to be a millionaire and still get better average money than the next best-paying game show on average. And I know that it's an average, but who wants to be a millionaire is failed by the fact that people go too far and don't set safety nets because they overreach, as opposed to anything else because if you just turned around and gave people the money for the questions that they got to who wants to be a millionaire would pay out way way more it's the format of the show that makes people lose the money and i just feel like none of the game shows have real proper stakes anymore because there's no value to it the only exception i might give was the cube if you remember that okay yeah 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 we discussed that yeah yeah, we did. And I don't know if they've got that, in, if you've got that in the States for anybody listening. Um, but the Cube, yeah, we, we talked about it in the previous episode. Basically a show where I think there's nine challenges. You have to complete them all in this Cube and they can usually be physical ones where it's like transfer all of these balls into this bucket in six seconds. Um, but they had relatively good prizes. like I think you could win up to a quarter of a million there. And to be fair, a few people did. But it leads me on to my next bugbear because a lot of these TV shows also do charity versions, don't they? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now. I've got no problem with people going on the game shows for charity. I don't mind at all. I do have a little bit of a problem with the fact that you're all celebs and you're trying to win £3,000 for charity. Just take it out of your own pocket rather than trying to bolster your own public persona. But fair enough, you know, whatever. It's it's good money for a good cause. However, do you notice that when it's the celebs on these shows winning money for charity, they always do better? They always win The questions more are downgraded. Money. Yeah, the questions are easier. Now, if you're looking at it from a fair and honest perspective, that's actually not right. Because again, who's regulating that? So is there different rules that if you just wanted to give money to charity on a game show, you can just shit house it so that the charities get more money? Because if you're saying that, Fine but we should be able to know that. But it just seems to me really suspicious that when people go on shows like The the Chase, there's four of them left at the end. They've got a prize pool of £80,000. And I'm sitting there being like, hang on a minute. I just literally watched three episodes where nine teams, including a bloody international grandmaster chess, chess quiz master or whatever it is, got knocked out, right? And you're telling me that these four celebs from Coronation Street and Emmerdale <laughs> have just turned around and amassed £80,000. I don't know. It's it's always been a little bit of a weird one for me because I think that there's definitely something up there.
1: But on the chase, though, it's not often they win that big amount, though. But I yeah, think your yeah. point absolutely stands where, yes, that all four of them often get through with like close to six digits, isn't it? Like almost in the hundred thousands, you know, yeah. they are always doing it. And and it is the same. Yeah, you can see that repeated with all sorts of game shows. Catchphrase is often another one There's always celebrity yeah. special on that. Uh, what was the other one?
0: They do do the celebrity cube as well. I uh, do they, but I'm yeah, I'm gonna yeah.
1: guess that the games are probably the same, aren't they? But they probably well, get more money, don't they,
0: for each thing? Yeah, well, I actually think if you've watched previously, I mean Mo Farah, I, d- I don't think if Mo Farah walked away from the top prize, but he's also an athlete who's trained for years, yeah, So I yeah. don't really mind him. But like I said, it's when you're getting like somebody who's on television, just like in a reality TV program, or we've seen them in the reality TV program, literally being an idiot, and then all of a sudden you're. T- Telling me that they have got the capacity to to turn around and answer fifteen questions about like the dinosaurs or whatever, do you know what I mean? I, d- I don't know, yeah. That that's what what gets me a little bit.
1: Like you said, it is disingenuous. I know, obviously, it's for charity, and and you don't want to see basically people not win any money for charity. I will get it, but like you said, if you are a Joe Blogs competing on that show the week after or the week before, it's not fair. If yeah, your questions are like postgraduate, you know, di- master's degree level sort of question rocket yeah. science and then next week like you said yeah
0: what color is the sky what color is the grass it's, it's just not fair is it yeah and do you know what's really weird as well is like with all these game shows we talked about some of the really good ones that like i remember from like my childhood being on repeat and stuff so um strike it lucky the price is right i when i've watched these shows right i've never ever thought there's ever been anything controversial about them in any way. Like I've never at once thought being like, that's a really strange thing to happen on this show. That can't be right. It can't be real. Like Strike It Lucky, they were just like, yeah, don't hit a hot spot. It's one of these three spots. They could have been changing the TV screens in the background. I don't know. But it never felt like it was like that because genuinely you felt like you saw people walk away with good prizes for what they turned around and put in. And I also don't know if nowadays as well, it's because a lot of these shows are a little bit all or nothing. It's like if you lose all of your lives on the cube, that's it. You just walk away with nothing. If you lose on the chase, there's no like fallback. You don't get your original money that you might have gone in with. Yeah. But just like halved or whatever. You just walk away with nothing. Whereas it felt like game shows always used to give you something for at least turning up. Like Family Fortunes, for fuck's sake, will turn around. You'll answer a random question. They'll be like, congratulations, you've won a lawnmower. Like, <laughs> yeah. I know it's just a lawnmower, but that lawnmower is still worth 250 quid, which is basically the maximum amount of money you'll win on fucking catchphrase for winning the show. <laughs> like, it, it's to me, you know, it's it's always been a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you've you got to
1: walk away with something. It feels yeah. like if you're going to go on a show, you've got to walk away with something. But around the, the whole prize money thing, up till 93, there was actually a limit on how much you could win. Really? Yeah. Now, for people who are screaming at us talking about the big scandal in American game shows, I think it was in the 50s. We've covered that. Go back uh, to a few episodes back. Actually, it must have been in TV scandals, but we did cover it. But basically, in a UK version of a game show called 21 in 1958, a contestant won enough money to buy a, a car and a house. And so then two years later, we had the scandal in America, the one I mentioned. So there was the Independent Television Authority imposed a thousand pound cap on the value of prizes, which increased to 1,250 in the 70s uh, with an occasional limit of 2,000 to two and a half in 1981. You know, there's a lot more changes happened, but it was only in 1993 that the Independent Television Commission abolished the limit. So you could then kind of win what you want. Yeah. And I think it shows because I think in the 90s, that's when I think Game shows went absolutely stratospheric. I always remember saying to you, like, the Price is Right over here, yeah, would give away tens of thousands each each episode. You know, they'd be giving away great items. Then the last, you know, that Showcase Showdown, as it was called, was always around the twenty to thirty thousand mark. Yeah, yeah, which even in the nineties just felt unreal.
0: Yeah, I I agree, and this is the thing. I I just feel like it's just there's there's no like excitement because there's no like jeopardy because there's just not as much to turn around and there's not as much at stake if that makes sense. Like on Tipping Point, where they're turning around, and like I think that the biggest the biggest win was in two thousand thirteen on Tipping Point with twenty four thousand pounds, which again is a lovely sum of money, obviously. But for the most part, they're playing for three or four thousand pounds. There doesn't feel like the same jeopardy that is there for the game show because there's not as much at stake like we love turning around and that's what it is. It's the stakes of the show, isn't it? So I think there's two things that you can do. I think that either game show should have high stakes where there's just a risk of a loss because that's what keeps you in intrigued or you just give away prizes. Family fortunes is a great show because they will give yeah. away random yeah. shit that will literally make you turn around and think, why the fuck have they given him yeah. uh, a barbecue set? <laughs> do you know what I mean, yeah. It'll always be something like that. But at the same time, it's just a perk. It just keeps people entertained. It keeps people in because you yeah. hear that noise. It's a buzzer. You're giving something away. Yeah, you've walked away with nothing. But, you know, it's a little bit of a perk. You've been yeah. on telly. Whereas I don't feel like a lot of game shows do that really anymore. I
1: think you're right. And I guess it depends on the hook. Like tipping point, I think the hook is the game as much yeah. as you don't like it. Uh, yeah. But I think that's what hooks people on it. The chase is the element of, yeah, they they could win 80 grand.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like you said, though, they they the fact that they do walk away with nothing, it almost feels like, oh, was it worth watching that show?
0: yeah 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 because in reality i don't think we ever want to see contestants lose unless they take a negative amount on the chase and i'm happy to see them lose happy happy to see them lose however for the most part i want to see people win on game shows i want to see them do well and no game show creates an environment where that's even possible and no game show really gives anybody some sort of like cons- like um constant uh Oh, my God, what's the word? Consolation. That consolation. I was going to say consolidation prize. But, yeah, no one really gets anybody a, cons- um, a consolation prize. So, I'd, I'd yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've fallen a little bit out of love with game shows. I know we can't bring back Bruce, but can we bring back The prices? Right? <laughs> like...
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I, and even me now, I tend not to watch them so much anymore. I watch the more... The, the things that we've said aren't really game shows. So I do still have a bit of it. Even though it's awful now, I kind of have a soft spot for things like The Apprentice. I love this Next Level Chef. Even Come Dine With Me, but I don't see them as game shows anymore. But I think yeah. that's because there's something else about it. It's, it's, it's entertainment, you know, and I think we've maybe we've lost that edge in the game shows.
0: Yeah, I think them they focus more so on like the reality TV aspect of the show. And it's yeah. just a sidearm of there's a prize somewhere in this. Like yeah. in actual fact, what we're coming to do is see you slag off that person's lamb shank and have yeah. an argument with yeah. them at their dinner table <laughs> yeah. as opposed to someone win a grand. It's like in um, four in a bed. Four in a bed, I guess, could yeah. be considered a game show. But it's not really because we just want to see somebody give really shit results and then underpay for their stay in a hotel.
1: <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe we've got an episode about these reality game shows, not reality TV, but these reality game shows, maybe. Yeah, coach trip. We could, uh... <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Just looking at the time, have you got anything else you want to say? Because I've got a little, well, I want to say surprise for you, but you might not like it. But I've got a little surprise I want to throw you away. But I had a couple of things I just really wanted to throw. So was there any specific points you had left?
0: Well, I was going to say, just leading on from all of that, I think obviously we've seen a rise in game shows that have got more and more stupid gimmicks. So we talked about that table balance beam one, which neither of oh, yeah. me or yeah. you can remember the <laughs> name of. But it's just really shit. We've seen tipping point, which I think is personally shit. And we've seen obviously, in my mind, at least on a relative scale, because even the mil- even who wants to be a millionaire, the prize is still a million pounds. A million pounds now is not worth a million pounds in the 90s, right? If you were to adjust it for inflation, you'd probably be giving away two and a half million quid, right? Uh, So I think, and I'm going to ask you, do you think that game shows now have got more of a focus on the gimmicks in order to get away with reducing prize volumes?
1: I'd say absolutely. I think you're spot on. Yeah. Because it goes to show because when certain game shows come out, like at the time the million pound drop, their whole hook is we're offering the biggest prize at the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: so I, yeah, I, I think it's spot on. I think then in and around it, it's about entertainment now more than it being a,
0: a viable, competitive atmosphere. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? Because the reality TV yeah. is now taking the game shows as well.
1: I say Countdown is competitive. I don't think they win a massive amount, but... It is pure competing one person against another person in a real battle of wits. And I think that feels like it's competitive in that. But but the
0: thing is, again, I don't I I don't mind them as much. So stuff like that, university chat you know I don't know what university challenge actually wins if it's just bragging rights or whatever. Um and then what's the one again where they're in a dark room? (laughs) I can't. (laughs) Never (laughs) remember the name. (laughs) Mastermind. (laughs) Mastermind. All of those shows the prize isn't the focus of the show, which I don't yeah. mind. The prize is yeah. like a side feature because people are going on that show to prove that they are smart as fuck. That's what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're right. in reality countdowns, most famous contestant wasn't famous for the, the any prizes that they've turned around and won. They're famous for being on the show for 14 consecutive episodes. Yeah. Cause that's yeah. how many people they beat on that show. Yeah. That's what they wanted because they're proving that they're smart. Whereas the other game shows like your tipping points, have got to make it a bullshit gimmick because they're also not giving anything away, but they're not giving any anything else to the contestant. So the contestant doesn't get any form of fame or not not fame necessarily, but do you know what I mean? Like bragging rights. I know or, what you mean. Yeah, there's no yeah. skill level that they can illustrate with themselves. And and so as a result, that's why they've had to focus on the. The prize is gimmick. being the champion on Countdown, yeah. Countdown isn't it? The yeah. prize
1: has been that. Okay. Okay. All right. I just wanted to throw a very few random things at you before we did did go into it um just on the Prices right there wasn't an an example i think in america where a guy got the exact amount for the showcase showdown no way (laughs) what he did is like the other guy he studied it for months and saw i think that nearly every prize on the show had been repeated over and over so he memorized the values when it got to his one he predicted his was around the twenty three thousand dollar mark and so for the last three digits he used his wedding date april the 7th and his wife's birth month march to make it twenty three seven four three and one exact no way <laughs> yeah. wow the last surviving witness of president lincoln's assassination appeared on a game show in 1956 in the states
0: i actually seen yeah. that you can watch that as well it's an amazing <laughs> video to watch yeah yeah it's on oh god what's that show called this was called i've got a secret Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, unbelievable. But yeah, if you can watch that clip on YouTube, I would highly recommend it.
1: Mel Blanc, do you, do you remember who Mel Blanc was? So he did a lot of the cartoon character voices like Bugs Bunny. And oh, okay, Peak. yeah, yeah, yeah. He called up a host to correct the host on getting a question wrong. <laughs> so the host presented contestants with a question about which cartoon character said the phrase suffering succotash. The contestants answered Sylvester the Cat, which the host corrected by saying it was Duffy Duck. And in a segment later in the show, Blank and Tamarka spoke via telephone so Blank could correct the host and tell him that Suffering Suckertash was, in fact, Sylvester's catchphrase.
0: <laughs> Amazingly, He's like, yeah, I actually know the answer to this question.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and last one, I, I won't go into the details of it, but a contestant on The Price is Right didn't want the money. He wanted an elephant and he got given an elephant instead of the money. <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> did he, what, did he, what did he do with it? Like, what, where, what, why? I don't understand. I don't understand.
1: At times, participants were offered alternatives to their winnings, notably elephants instead of pianos. The joke was apparently about swapping out ivory in one form for another. But yeah, basically, a Texas farmer won a piano but wanted the elephant. He was offered $4,000 as an alternative, but no, he wanted the elephant and he got one.
0: (laughs) I wonder wonder what happened to the elephant in the end. My God. But just like any
1: good game show has an intense moment at the end, Lou, you can say no if you want. I have got four questions. Well, I've got basically questions from who wants to be a millionaire from the 125,000 pound mark upwards. Are you up for the challenge?
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, that's fine.
1: I'll give you. Well, hold on. So how many questions? Sorry. It's one, two, three, four, five. So I'll give you I'll give you 50 And I'll give you one, ask the audience, but in which case it's me and I know the answer. So that'll be, but you can't use it on the last one. Okay.
0: Right. Okay. 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 So yeah. So people so I've got this... two lifelines, and this is the one hundredth. So these are the hardest questions.
1: Yeah. Right. Okay. So I, I have to just drop this on Lou. By the way, everyone. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, irrespective of what I get wrong, we'll go through all four anyway. Yeah. Right. Construction of which of these famous landmarks was completed first? A. The Empire State Building. B.
0: The Royal Albert Hall. C. The Eiffel Tower. D big ben clock tower i feel like it definitely can't be the empire state building because america as a nation is too new i don't yep. think it's the eiffel tower yep. either because I sorry, i'm sorry that i should be giving any i'm not saying anything <laughs> no yep because i also think that the eiffel tower is too new but then again there was that guy that tested a parachute off it in like the early 1900s and it was completed then so i feel like it needs to be one of the uk's by virtue of the fact that the UK has just got, the, like, Parliament is a really old building, but the problem is is when was the clock tower finished versus the Royal Albert Hall? It has to be, how long have we had clocks? <laughs> how long have we had clocks for? How long,
1: that's the quote, if we can t- <laughs> click that <laughs> how reckon? long have we had?
0: Like, obviously we didn't have watches and stuff for, for, for a little while, so do you reckon if it was built like a thousand years ago, then it just had a big fucking sundial on the side of it? <laughs> Or the Royal Albert Hall, right? I'm going. i right. I'm. I'm going to throw it. It has to be one of these two. I'm going to go with the Big Ben clock tower. Is that your final answer? I'm yes. going to have to cut out a
1: load of gaps here, because it's just, just like the real show. Um, <laughs> okay, you've locked it in. The answer is lily lily. Big Ben clock tower. Well done. Oh, yeah. You've won one hundred and twenty five thousand pounds. Amazing right. logic.
0: Get in. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It was, but I loved it just because it's given us the, for how long have we had clocks for? Um, For 250,000 virtual pounds, I should have said, by the way. (laughs) Question 13. Which of these cetaceans, I think I've said that right, is classified as a toothed whale? Is it A, the grey whale, B, the mink whale, C, the sperm whale, or D, the humpback whale? Hold on. I oh, know I've, I've just copied this question twice, so you've actually got one less. Sorry, oh no. Well, uh, well, oh no. well,
0: so well, use... yeah. I tell you what, I'm only going to
1: give you one fifty fifty. I'm only going to give you one. I tell you what, I'm going to use, use the... that
0: whenever. Oh no, no, no! I'm going to use the fifty fifty on this question.
1: Okay, it is either C, the sperm whale, or it's the
0: sperm whale. You're right. Final answer. Yeah, I know. Well, I was going to say sperm whale just because it's funny. Obviously, <laughs> 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 I was like hash sperm. <laughs>
1: So for 500000 virtual pounds, who is the only British politician to have held all four great offices of state at some point during their career? Oh my God. Was it A, David Lloyd George, B, Harold Wilson, C, James Callaghan or D, John Major?
0: This is really difficult. I think it probably has to be a Conservative because they've also just been in for longer. John Major. What was John Major? But John Major was a running figure in like the Thatcher government as well, wasn't he? You sure you
1: don't want a fifty-fifty?
0: No, I don't think it's Harold Wilson. Only because I think he. I don't think he was in for long enough, and also Labour had like a really dodgy period. I don't think it could have been Callaghan either. David Lloyd George. If I'm being honest, I don't even know what period he came. From there being like, I literally have just put, I've written on my whiteboard and I've just turned around and put a question mark. But then was John Major big enough in Thatcher's government? He did go on to become PM. James Callaghan versus John Major. Right, okay. I am going to take a punt because I think John Major was only PM for a short period of time. He took after, after the Conservative Party decided to tear itself apart and he surely couldn't have held all of the top jobs leading up to that point. So I'm going to go with James Callaghan in the sake of time. Yep, you're right. <laughs> so we've, we've probably dragged this
1: out like a fucking... <laughs> yeah, we we are getting as bad. We just criticised for two episodes, right? And we've, only, we've spent as much time on three questions, I think, but through editing, the listeners won't notice. Right, for a million virtual pounds, in 1718, which pirate died in battle off the coast of what is now North Carolina? Is it A, Calico Jack, B, Blackbeard,
0: It's Blackbeard. It's Blackbeard. I don't want to hear anything else. Lou, you have won a million pounds. Yes! I knew that. Do you know why I knew that? I think that that's something to do with Assassin's Creed knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) As soon as you said off the coast of California, I was like, I know it's Blackbeard.
1: (laughs) See, every adult ever,
0: video games do come in handy. They are good and you should encourage them. Yeah. And you know what? You know what, Charles Ingram? How many coughs did you hear there?
1: (laughs) Well, I've edited them out, but... (laughs) that's all i had before before you round up i just actually do just want to say uh hello to a couple of people firstly i want to say hi to leo allen he's he's who's sent us a few messages over the last couple of weeks and he's still listening so hi to leo and again just to say thanks to josh wilson for providing the jingle um that i've not got out of my head for the last two weeks so uh thank you very much for providing that do you want to wrap up (laughs)
0: Yes, yeah, sorry, I'm seeing out the episode. Oh, I had one one last question: greatest game show host of all time? Go. Uh, I think it would have to be. I think we said it. It's uh, Bruce Forsyth. I think, I think it has to be Bruce Forsyth as well. Yeah. I think Scylla Black gets a shout because of how much a cult figure she was. But I think them two.
1: Yeah.
0: D- never going to get anywhere near. Never going to. No, get
1: anywhere. I, I think he just went on for so long and and did so many different shows as well. Like we said, Generation Game, Prices Right, Play Your Cards Right, as well as doing comedy and variety
0: shows. Yeah, it, yeah, it was great. <laughs> Yeah. Right. On that note, thank you for staying with us from this from an episode that probably should have been 50 minutes, but we've dragged out with my my patient question answering at the end. If you've been on any game shows, do get in touch with us. If you're as angry with the current state of affairs of game shows as I am. Do get in touch with us. Let us know what your favourite game shows are. Let us know if you think the prize money should be better. Let us know if you've won any of the crappy prize money on game shows. We would actually be super interested to hear. Because also, I'd like to speak to somebody who's been on a game show to see what like the rules are about what you can and can't say about said show. I think that'd be a cool if. So if anybody actually has been on any game shows, do let us know. Get in touch. You can pop us a tweet at castingviews or send us an email at castingviewspod at gmail.com. And we will, as always, leave you with... We know there are many podcasts from which you can choose, so we thank you for listening to Casting Views. One, two,
1: three, four. If I want your
0: opinion, I will give it to you. Come on, check what we've got, because you need it. Don't make us get as far as get more it Come on.